rates of suicide and murder in Europe are linked to changes in the economy. That's according to a report in the Lancet looking at the pattern of deaths in Europe during the last 30 years. In particular, unemployment has been a big killer when conditions have been like the present economic crisis. When I called up the report's lead author, David Stuckler, I asked him what prompted them to look at this. Well, when the financial crisis struck, there were many concerns、uh, within the public health community and beyond that health might suffer as a result of the downturn.、Uh, the quality of people's diets might get worse.、Uh, people might be experiencing more stress,、uh, which could lead to rises in suicides and homicides. Uh, but there, there was large literature suggesting the opposite, that finding that when the economy took a turn for the worse, mortality rates improved. So as we look back over the literature, we found a lot of mixed results depending on how studies were done,、uh, what type of crisis there was. We wanted to try to integrate some of this evidence to see if we could figure out what is going to happen based on experiences over the past three decades in the EU, and if negative effects. If our studies suggest they will occur, what can we do about them? Now, how did you investigate that? Instead of looking at carefully at an individual country like Spain, Sweden, Denmark, or the United States,、uh, we took data from 26 countries in the European Union,、uh, covering their experiences in good and bad economic times、uh, from 1970 to 2007, and we looked. Within each of those countries, how、uh, different causes of death fluctuated when unemployment rates rose and fell. How big an effect was that? We found it, it varied substantially, but on average, we found that when unemployment rates rose by one percent, suicides and homicides、uh, rose by 0.8 percent. On the other hand, we found that when unemployment rates rose, that road traffic fatalities dropped by about 1.4 percent. It sounds then as if there was a net gain, a net benefit, maybe. You'd have to look at the overall numbers. EU-wide, we estimated that a three percent rise in unemployment would correspond to between 180 and 1,700 additional suicides, about 10 to 240 additional homicides, and 870 to 2,940 fewer road traffic deaths. So those categories, which were the only ones where we found significant effects,、um, indeed do offset and could be on the whole beneficial. But the key finding of our study was that the, the rise in suicides depended on how much governments invested in programs to quickly help workers who, who had lost jobs get back into meaningful work. Now, what sort of programs are you talking about? They're called active labor market programs. They essentially have three functions to help. They're preventative. They try to keep people from becoming losing their jobs in the first place. They also, once people have lost their jobs, help them cope with some of the negative social effects of job loss. Losing a job is an extremely stressful life event. People's sense of worth is closely tied to their job. Many of their social relationships and friends are. At the workplace, it provides a sense of community, 
So uh, in a way, these programs are a bit like social support groups, that that coping role is very important for um, sustaining people's mental health uh, in, in face of a stressful event. And the third function is that they help people find jobs quickly. And this involves some of the logistic aspects of putting together and updating a resume and connecting with prospective employers. David Stuckler from Oxford University and the London School of Hygiene and Tropical Medicine. I asked one of his co-authors, Martin McKee, why economic factors have influenced murder and suicide. I think the easiest way to understand this is to put yourself in the position of someone who has lost their job. If you lose your job, you lose a substantial proportion of your income, even where you do get unemployment benefit and so on, but your income will go down significantly. But in addition, you also often lose the, the reason for getting out of bed in the morning, quite simply. What do you do? It's, uh, the, you define yourself in terms of your job. Your friends are associated with your job. So much of your life is associated with what, what you do at work. And uh, so if you don't have that, clearly that is likely to lead people to a state of despair. The crucial finding in our study was the ability that governments had to prevent these deaths from occurring by spending money on um, social protection, particularly that sort of social protection aimed at either keeping people in work, helping them to cope with the effects of unemployment or to get them back into work. And we can understand why that would protect people because it gives them hope. If you are, if you lose your job and uh, you then think that there's no prospect, no one's there to help you, uh, there's no support for you, there's no retraining, uh, no information about where jobs might be, it is very easy to understand why a sense of despair could set in leading to, to suicide. But on the other hand, if you have a system whereby uh, there are people to help, there's training available to get new skills, unemployment, uh, job uh, um, centres are there to tell you about where there is employment elsewhere, perhaps, or what else you might do with your skills, then that gives you hope. And so we weren't altogether surprised when we found the result, but it was nice to document it. So it does give some justification for the concept of spending your way out of a recession for a government, that is, does it? Well, I think there are many reasons why one might want to spend one's way out of a recession, and in fact we're seeing that anyway. There's a a rationale for doing that as a government simply because people who are unemployed for a few months often have great difficulty in getting back into employment at all. And one of the major problems in all Western countries is the high proportion of the workforce over the age of 50 that is long-term out of work. So from a government's point of view, it's good to get people back into work as quickly as possible. From a company's point of view, it's good because you don't want to lose skilled workers. We're now living in a knowledge-based economy, and we're seeing in many countries, the United Kingdom provides examples, where British Airways are asking people to work maybe a month without pay. Uh, British Telecom are suggesting that people take a year off work, but they stay on the payroll at a quarter of their salary. So companies don't want to lose skilled workers and we're arguing that those policies are also good for health Uh, so we have a win-win-win situation. So whatever country you live in what sorts of government policies and policies of big companies do you think are encouraged by the new report's findings? 
I think it's the sort of policies that try to keep people in work, even if they're working less hours or even if they're working for, for less pay. Uh, jo- um, policies that help people to uh, cope with the acute effect of empl- unemployment, providing them with training opportunities, providing them with ways of looking at other uh, opportunities for using their skills and getting them back into jobs as quickly as possible. Uh, this is not just good for their health, it's also good for the economy because because we don't want to lose skilled people. Martin McKee, Professor of European Public Health at the London School of Hygiene and Tropical Medicine and Director of the European Centre for Health of Societies in Transition. For audio news from the London School, I'm Peter Goodwin.